Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. Greg WK, and with me is my compatriot, Sean the Arcade Phantom. Yeah, I'm the new girl in town. You are the, you mean new kid? Yeah, new kid in town. <laughs> that is right. Today we are covering New Kid on the Block. Sean, when did this episode first air? November 12th, 1992. Yeah, so... While Homer deals with being unfulfilled at an all-you-can-eat restaurant, Bart finds himself falling in love with a new neighbor and dealing with unrequited feelings. So, Sean, what was going on in the world at this time? So, Craig, mm -hmm. glad you asked. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Are video games too expensive nowadays? Um, I'm a big enough nerd to know like so the pricing of video games back then and honestly they haven't changed that much since back then well you are right because <laughs> what <laughs> i have the toys r us catalog from 1992 oh my god so i thought i'd shoot out a couple of video games on here that are listed for that christmas season oh yeah yeah by all means and we're both you know nintendo fans so we're gonna talk about super nintendo games shout out legend of retro our uh, retro game podcast on the uh gamezilla network so Faceball. Oh, Faceball. Was $59.99 that Not Christmas worth it. season. Not worth it. Robocop 3 was $64.99. Oh, not worth it. That's more than games cost nowadays. I'd like to point that yeah, out. That's and that's before we do, like, inflation. Oh, that is ridiculous. But, you know, for the same price, you could also get yourself Ninja Turtles 4, a.k.a. Turtles in Time. Oh, yeah, that's worth it. For $69.99, you can get yourself Street Fighter 2. Or for $49.99. $70 for the first $70 Street Fighter 2? $70 for Street Fighter 2. That slow-ass version. Wow. Well, what was the next game? For $49.99, you can get yourself Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Now that's the best bargain for sure. Or for $49.99, you can get Super Play Action Football. Eh, not a very good football game. But yeah, I just thought I'd shoot out some Toys R Us prices from that era. That's because fun. It's fun. And video games have not changed in price. No, they, they've, if anything, they've gotten better somehow. I don't really understand how that works. but They got cheaper with the CD era, and then slowly they went back up to that price. Oh, yeah, okay. I just I thought gotcha. that was a fun little turn to change. No, absolutely. Uh, I have eh, frustrating news. Uh, so uh, in the Detroit Free Press at this time... Uh, Bill Clinton has renewed his vow to lift the military's ban on homosexuals. That's cool, right? Uh, in 1993, he's going to institute a new policy called Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which allows homosexuals into the military. But we don't want to hear about what they get up to because it's yucky and gross. So. Oh, uh, as the finisher to that, by the way. In I, have a, I have a counterpoint to that, actually. Oh, uh-huh. So that was actually a compromise. I did a um, research Oh, for on sure this. it was a compromise. It was a compromise that, yes, they were going to let gays into the military, but they weren't going to ask, weren't going to tow kind of thing. It was the only way they could get any conservative to be okay with this bill. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's a part of the problem, though, is the fact that, you know, it took them being like, yeah, but how about we just don't ask about it and, you know, we just ignore it. And, you know, I mean, to a degree, yeah, okay, sure, it's that's fine. But the thing is, is it somebody was straight said hey like some guy was like hey i had sex with a woman they'd go oh, okay but if some guy was like hey i had sex with a man they'd drum him out of the military we still live in that dark era our current president is going against transgender in the military and that's some bullshit too but uh in for the record in 2010 by uh, the way if you are against that fuck you stop listening to our podcast <laughs> craig and i both hate you i'll be honest yeah that's that's true if we lost one listener from this i don't care i don't care <laughs> You were a jerk anyways. You Sean, know who you are. 
Sean, something tells me if they've been listening to us for a little bit now, they're probably not super, super conservative because we're pretty I don't care if somebody's super, super conservative, but, you know, fuck you. Respect other people. Yeah. You're not the only person in the goddamn world, basically. So, yeah, in 2010, this is going to be found unconstitutional. It's going to get repealed in 2011. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can fight for our and die for our country, but we don't care to hear about your sex life so long as it doesn't match our own. But how about we talk about the show? And it's funny that I've brought this up because it immediately, immediately goes into a really, really crappy sort of misogynistic uh, uh, depiction of women there as it's the show hunks and it's all about these like sexy dudes talking about how they bang chicks so it's basically mystery date kind of thing like where it's a dating show Less a mystery considering they're just sitting across from each other. Yeah, it's more like The Bachelor, I guess. Yeah, but the dude is like, yeah, I hooked up with all three of them, but uh, uh, like if I had to go with one of them, I'd choose Shasta because she like making bacon on the beach. And Homer's watching, he goes, me too. And he immediately imagines himself literally frying up bacon in his like swim, like swim trunks or whatever. I love when you think it's going to be sex and Homer's not thinking about sex. <laughs> thinking about food. That's great. So he gets a knock at the door or a doorbell. I don't remember. But Mrs. Winfield is there. Her and her husband are going to go run out the clock in Florida. And, uh, you know, while they're selling the home, she asks Homer a few simple courtesies. Can he please, please, please wear pants while he walks by the window? No. Uh, how about he removes the previous year's jack-o'-lanterns? No. <laughs> Which, for the record, one of those jack-o'-lanterns has been sitting there since 1989. And she also asks him to cover his garbage because it's attracting wildlife. Homer doesn't have a chance to say no because he looks outside and there's a moose rooting around through his trash. Hey, moose, shoo! And the that moose would have killed Homer. Oh, yeah. Moose are terrifying. They're horrifying. My brother's actually afraid of moose. <laughs> Moosica, if you will. <laughs> I believe the plural is moose-eye. Moose-eye. I believe. If I'm not wrong. I think it's moose-eye. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's moose-eye. Moose-eye. <laughs> Anywho. Homer's... You know, maybe sometime later, put you know, pushing his mower around, and he finds that the Winfields have thrown out wire hangers, expired medicine, old newspapers, and I love that he's like, stay calm, <laughs> Homer. As he picks it up and drops it, he's like, Homer, you're not listening. Which, uh, by the way, the Winfields were across the street, right? And now they're next door? Because they were across the street looking at Homer push the rock around. In Homer's Odyssey. I thought they were next door in Bart's dog gets an F. Well, they might have been. I could have even been a little vague where they lived. I've uh, always assumed they were next door. Maybe they weren't. I'm the remembering angle, A lot of the stuff that is them like seeing stuff out their windows is people walking by the front. Oh, you know what? You might be right. I, it's I think you're on people are leaving there. their house. Yeah. So they would be on the same side of the sidewalk. So yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Door. Mm -hmm. And so. I would say they are. West of the Simpsons. Well, in this, uh, they're east. Well, if their house faces north. Well, the 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 house doesn't face north. The house when you look at the house from the front. Oh, okay, sorry, I thought yeah. the house faced north. No, 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 no. I I might have worded that wrong in the last episode where we were talking about it. The uh, when you're facing the house, if you're looking forward, like you know, like right at the front of the house, it would be north straight ahead. Okay. So left would be west, right would be east. So they live east of the house. Yeah, I appreciate we're, you we're learning that the way out of Springfield. <laughs> we're getting there. And so uh, Homer's got all this junk in the house, and Marge is like, you can't take this. This is somebody else's medicine. And he's like, but Marge, what if I'm not getting enough estrogen? Maybe he's not. I don't know what estrogen <laughs> is, but I want some. What's estrogen? You've had enough, Sean. I tell you that. So while Homer is sitting there, I... Uh, the commercial comes on for the Frying Dutchman. And it's like the sea captain. He's like, Yar, would you like some more tea? 
And the lady's like, sure. And he's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. and he's like, come on down to the frying Dutchman. Would you, what is it is like, would you uh, rather eat a bilge rat instead of eating another burger? Sick and tired of tacos. And he's basically just this. In fact, this is the first appearance of Cat McAllister, isn't it? I believe so. I don't think he's appeared before as far as I remember. I. Uh, oh, was he in the. I'm trying to think if he was in the episode where uh, they went to the seafood restaurant in uh, uh, the one where Homer's a big jackass. Homer's night out. Homer's night out. Thank you. I uh, I don't think the sea captain's there though. I don't think so. No. I uh, but. Homer is excited, and he's like, Marge, we're going to that restaurant. And she's like, Homer, I think I'm allergic. The last time I ate shrimp, my throat closed up, and I went went into convulsions. And he's like, mmm, shrimp. Which, by the way, now when I I watch this episode, I think of uh, The Glitch. Uh, from Legend of Retro, because he told us a story of him going to Red Lobster and all you can eat shrimp and eating like just a belligerent, absurd amount, like over a hundred, like a hundred and something shrimp, like a hundred and seventy or some nonsense. So it's funny that you bring up Red Lobster. Uh-huh. I was going to bring that up recently. Uh-huh. This reminds me of a time we went to Red Lobster. Yeah, because I was a vegetarian at the time, and every single item at Red Lobster has fish in it. <laughs> That's right. You, you had to get like a salad or some shit. No, I couldn't get a salad because there was fish in it and they wouldn't remove it. No, there's like Caesar salads there. No, they have crab in them and they won't remove it. I ate cheddar biscuits. I think you just didn't want to spend money. I'm pretty sure the salad didn't have shrimp. Yeah, because there's regular Caesar salads there and stuff. Well, then the waitress was a bitch. Well, that actually, yeah, that could be. Uh, or maybe they were out of that, I don't know, the ingredients for the salad. Who knows? I do remember you being stuck eating biscuits while we were devouring everything. Yep. Ah, good times. Ah, good times. So uh, I also appreciate that uh, we see an interracial couple uh, who were considering buying the Winfield's house. And then they see that Homer is next door in the kiddie pool eating a hot dog. And he's like, there you are. Thought you could get away, huh? As he finds the hot dog floating in the water. And they're like, goodbye. So I've been house hunting. I've mentioned that recently on the podcast. Yeah. And every time I find something wrong with a house, I always respond with, sigh. <laughs> the real estate agent yep. does. Oh, it's great. So the house has now been sold, but Barton and Lisa creep into the basement of the sold house. So do you want a story about how me and uh, my family did a B&E? Yeah, go for it. So years and years ago, when we, when I was a kid, uh, my sister's a few years younger than me, uh, our cat, Fido, had gone missing, and we couldn't think of where he was. Like, it had been days since we saw him. And he was an outdoor cat, but normally he was, you know, coming in every day to get out of the cold and, you know, eat and stuff. And He was banging and murdering. That's the Fido lifestyle. We'll get to that in a moment. So, I... Uh, he killed a family. Well, that, I, that was never proven. So, we had neighbors across the street that had recently gone out of town. And me and my mom were talking, and it was like, oh, God, what if Fido got into the garage and then got closed in? And so, like, like you know, this is a time before Internet and cell phones and stuff. We had no way of getting a hold of these people. They had gone, like, up north, like, on vacation or whatever. They were going to be gone for, like, three or four more days. Fido could have died in that time. Yeah. So we went across the street, my mom, my sister, and I, and we tried their doors. They were all locked, but they had a milk chute, you know, the little door you could open and, <laughs> and here's the thing though, you know, their milk chutes are small, smaller than my mom, smaller than me, but not smaller than my sister. And my sister is like, I don't wanna. And we were like, you have to go in there. Our cat could be in trouble. And she's like, I don't wanna. They have a, a garage door opener inside. You just got to creep in, hit that, and come on back through. She's like, I don't want it. And so we crammed our, my sister into this milk chute in a neighbor's house in the middle of the day. 
just grabbed her in. And then she had to creep in, open up their garage. We then checked inside, but it wasn't in there. We closed up the garage again, and then brought her back through. And then crept over and never told them we did that. Is it weird that I did the same thing in high school? <laughs> weird because it's in high school and you should have been bigger than that, but yeah. So we went to go wake up our buddy Teddy. Mm-hmm. Because me, Xander, and Teddy were all supposed to go hang out and go to the arcade and play Capcom versus K two. Amazing game. And Teddy was asleep. We couldn't get a hold of him. He wasn't picking up his phone. Uh-huh. But his dog had a doggy door. You crawled through the doggy door? I crawled door? through the doggy door, unlocked the door. Xander and I went into his bedroom where he was asleep. And we, like, got up real close next to him. We took his keyboard and we, like, started playing music on his keyboard. We're like, wake up, Teddy. Wake up, Teddy. Oh. How terrifying is that if your friends creep into your bedroom and wake you up? Pretty terrifying. I'd have been pretty pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> any. So, uh, oh, uh, the long story short with Fido is uh, he came back like a week later, but he was covered in dirt and dust. We think he got into some kind of like plant. I can see that. Mm-hmm. He murdered an entire plant worth of people. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Is Odds that, are. Is that what happened to the plant that used to be the old Plymouth plant in Livonia? <clears throat> Anywho, so uh, we have, uh, you know, Bart and Lisa creeping in, getting up to mischief, and uh, I love that, you know, they, they go in and uh, they creep in through the basement window, and Bart's like, this is where they kept the uh, their mutated, or the Winfields kept their mutated uh, child, and Lisa's getting scared, and she's like, they, you know, the Winfields never had a child. And the kid's like, or in Bart's like, and the kid, his only friend was this sock. And he puts a sock on his hand and he's like, hello, Lisa, you don't need your eyes in the dark. Give them to me. Which reminds me of you and I. You and me in middle school? Uh, Because we're going to go way too long in this episode at this rate. Uh, Long story short, there was this kid who was a jerk who moved into our our, uh, school uh, or moved into our area and went to our school. And, uh, yeah, he was kind of a jerk. Like, he was real standoffish. And so Sean and I spread the rumor that his only friends were sock puppets. Yeah. And somehow Somehow everybody believed it. Yeah, somehow people really got into that rumor and it stuck. And uh, that poor kid, uh, who shall remain nameless, just, yeah, just, yeah. I remember somebody yelling at him at the lunch room, go play with your socks. (laughs) Which is just really funny because he had no clue. And we just left because we ruined his life. Yeah, he didn't stay at our school for long. I mean, but he was a jerk anyway, so, you know, whatever. You should look him up on Facebook. That's what Facebook's for. No, I don't need him creeping back into my life and getting revenge. No, thank you. Uh, His Facebook page is just nothing but socks. He owns a sock (laughs) store. Oh, sock puppets. Well, we were right. So Lisa screams and takes off out of the basement as Bart laughs. And then this tall figure shambles out of the dark and it's like friend and Bart shrieks out in in fright falls over and we find that it's the new neighbor yeah and she is smoking hot well I mean I guess sure yeah okay (laughs) so Bart says she's beautiful and in his brain he's like say something clever and out loud he's like I fell on my bottom don't I love when Bart says dough. I really do. Oh, yeah. I, I also appreciate it when Lisa does, too. It's few and far between, but it happens every so often. So, clumsy student movers are moving the Powers family in. What? I didn't get that joke. Clumsy student movers? I'm sorry. That must have been cut off by Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yes, it was. That's uh, the example everybody uses for how the cropping is on Disney+. Plus. Really? Yes, oh. it is that joke. However, Disney did not do that cropping. That was done by Fox for FX when they did their Every Simpsons Ever marathon. Yeah, the the the, the cropping for the Simpsons, whether it's in Voodoo, whether it's in all of them, it kind of sucks. Yeah, but, but that joke is cut. You can't really see. It. You just see the guy drop it and go, "Oh!" Supposedly, sometime this year, Disney was going to fix that. We'll see. We'll see. I uh, they'll fix it. The Disney makes everything better. Corporate shill, you are. I. <laughs> uh, so Laura answers the door, Laura Powers, uh, who is this new neighbor, and uh, uh, 
She's very polite, and Marge even comments on it, and she says, my upbringing was painfully strict, ma'am. And so she lets Marge in to go talk with Ruth Powers. And uh, Ruth is given from the like neighborhood association, I guess, a potholder barn, like little towel thing, uh, a nail file, two springy clothespins. Of Koopa. wait, springy clothespins, not the other kind. Not the other kind. I think it's the springy kind. Uh, she also gets a coupon for a free tattoo with every tattoo removal and one free beer from most tavern. And I. Uh, Basically, uh, uh, Ruth Powers had had a divorce, and uh, her and her daughter moved to Springfield. And uh, I like that she's like, you know, uh, I was really nervous about moving here with the, after that like time story about uh, uh, time cover story about the wor- it being the worst city in America. And Marge is like, you can see our house in that photo. Marge is so proud of that. She really is. A uh, Time Magazine is still going today. I don't remember uh, when it started, but it's a long running magazine. One of the longest running magazines. It was running during World War II. Oh yeah, it has. It is pretty much one of the longest, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe the longest. I don't know if that's true, but it might be, especially nowadays because so few magazines are still going. Mega what? Yeah, right. Exactly. Print media is dying. But I, uh, except for the fine books put out by the Disney Corporation. That's enough out of you, shill. And so uh, Marge was supposed to hand off a video to the man of the house, Das Butt, an X-rated film. A parody of Das Boot. I can only imagine it's a lot of sex on a submarine. Hell yeah. I mean, if you're going to have sex, it might as well be on a submarine, right? And while Ruth is talking about, you know, the fact that she got a divorce, Marge looks outside and sees Homer yelling at the dog to get out of the hammock. And she like scowls at him is this like a weird moment where she's like considering divorce and we don't know it oh yeah she was thinking like wow ruth has really made it for herself i could do this (laughs) outside we have uh bart trying to impress laura and he's like oh have you ever had a hertz donut and you know she's like hits him in the shoulder and she's like hertz donut uh and then he also gets a wet willy when he goes to explain that and then we have Kearney walk up with Dolph. We get kind of a homophobic joke here. Yeah, but, we but do. kind of a great comeback. It is a good comeback. I'll certainly grant that. But it is a little homophobic. And it's also, we get a lot of like gross cat collie misogyny here. Yeah. With uh, Kearney going, hey, baby, how about putting that uh, your finger in my ear? Ugh. Ugh. And then Laura responds, I would, but your boyfriend might get jealous. Little homophobic. Good comeback. As far as just insults go in general, not bad. But the fact that it's being used as an insult is implying that there is a problem with homosexuality. Oh, hey, full circle to my new story. Yeah. Uh, but I should have just not asked and not told about it. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this world. I, uh, Dolphin Kearney flee the scene after they're made fun of, though, and I, uh, uh, this is one that I I only knew through The Simpsons was the palm reading gag where you're like, oh wow, you know this line means that you're gonna have a big house, and this one is this, this. Oh, here's your swimming pool, <laughs> and spit in the hand. Never actually did that because it's kind of gross, but Bart decides that he's never gonna wash that hand again. And then we get a fade, and it cuts back to Bart's hand, and it's disgusting. His gum and dirt and the spit still on it. And I love that uh, Lisa's like, Dad, make Bart wash his hand. And he's like, sorry, Lisa, I no longer control the hand. The hand controls me. And uh, Homer yells at his little monsters to pipe down because he's trying to get a babysitter so he can go on a date with Marge to go to his seafood restaurant. I... Abby, their previous babysitter, no longer can babysit. Her sister takes care of her now. Put it down, Bart. No, Bart. Put it down. That poor woman is broken. (laughs) That poor woman has PTSD. Yeah, she does. And so... (laughs) Post-traumatic Bart disorder. Oh, yeah. PTBD, yeah. Uh, 
I also love this moment as Homer's like, I wore my extra loose pants for nothing, nothing. And he stands up and his pants just immediately drop to the ground. It's pretty good. And so I, uh, Bart though says, what about Laura? And I love that Lisa can immediately tell that Bart has a crush on Laura Powers. And when Bart goes to slap her with the disgusting monster hand, he gets stuck to the dog and gets dragged around the house, which is you know, kind of funny. Maybe it's time to wash that hand. Yeah, Bart agrees. Laura's going to babysit, though. And uh, Homer goes, you know, is talking with Ruth next door about it. This is a great Homer line. <laughs> He's like, oh, there's something I'm uh, forgetting, right? Something I'm supposed to tiptoe around. My divorce. That's it. Glad one of us remembered. <laughs> that could have been embarrassing. <laughs> and so Ruth tells him that, yeah, she wants to get set up with one of his friends. And, uh, you know, she's like, I have, you know, healthy appetites. And he's like, right. We're not talking about food, are we? No. Right. We're talking about sex, sex, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Woo. Yep. And Homer... She is as thirsty as Jesse in the Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> That's... That's topical. No, it's not. Get the hell out of here with that shit. Jesse wants to bang Cloud in that, and it's great. Well, who doesn't when he's wearing that dress and looking so pretty? He's not wearing the dress in the demo. What? What? Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Bart's taking a bath and Lisa walks in? That's a little weird, right? I mean, he's got the door open. That's also a little weird, right? I mean, when you were a kid, you left the door open to take a bath? No. Or go to the bathroom? No. You didn't? The arcade Phantom House is kind of creepy. So your parents know you're not dying in the bathroom. Sometimes I would like to try to drown myself in the toilet, and they had to pull me out. Ah, there. There <laughs> it is. There it is. But Bart tries his best to be so suave. Yeah, this is a weird scene because Bart says, sometimes a guy just wants to get his skin his yellowest. And they make reference to the fact they have yellow skin tone. But sometimes they say that they're white. As Homer says, he's a white male. I think, yeah, I think that was just sort of a meta joke. Yeah. Find a wager, I guess. But it is a little weird. And yeah, so so Bart's trying to be suave. And he essentially is like dressed like Hugh Hefner with like, uh, one of those pipes that spit out bubbles. The same outfit the he'll rope. wear on the end of the season. Oh, it is. You're right. When it he is. actually goes to meet Hugh Hefner. Oh, yeah. Go figure. Rest in peace, Hugh. And does he have to? He started a media empire. Yeah. You know, on the skin of attractive young women and uh, whatever. So I... Uh, they, you know, they, they want to know what to do for dinner and Bart defers to the ladies because he's being a gentleman. And so they order uh, from a restaurant called Two Guys from Kabul. I uh, so when this episode first aired, I certainly didn't really know Middle Eastern food because honestly, like when I was really little, for the most part, we didn't even do like Chinese food. We basically just did like, oh, yeah, you were American a freaking weirdo when you were a kid. When I was a kid, yeah, I was a super big weirdo when it came to food embarrassingly weird about food. My mom was the kind of person that made me eat weird foods all weird foods all the time. Like I had a Middle Eastern food that I would get like probably once or twice a week. Yeah, it's it's weird because nowadays I like everything. Like there's nothing I don't like. But because my mom when she grew up was forced to like eat everything and she hated it it was like eat all your veggies eat everything on the plate or you don't like get to you know like go to bed you basically sit there till you finish the meal like super strict uh and so you know with yeah my mom she just was like well you know we're just gonna make what i want to make and what i want to eat which isn't really all that strong in the veggie department and you know if you guys don't want to eat it you don't have to i uh, you know which is both good and bad uh, but on the plus side, yeah, I turned out to like everything. And nowadays I live in the Dearborn area. And I mean, there's like a Middle Eastern restaurant in like every corner. And it's kind of amazing. Oh, yeah, man. I love getting Middle Eastern for lunch. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but I, anyhow, they order from there. 
Meanwhile, Marge and Lisa go to the Frying Dutchman. And I love that uh, Marge is like, does the bread have much fish in it? And he's like, yes, yes, yes it does. And so she's like, I guess I have some Tic Tacs in my purse. And he's like, very good. And he's like, for the gentleman? And he's like, oh, you can eat. Oh, you can eat. And by the time he turns around, Homer's already grabbed out a uh, tray, a steam tray that has all these, like, you know, shrimp in it or whatever. Over at uh, the... Have you, have you ever done that before at an all-you-can-eat restaurant? Grab the tray? I'm, I'm a civilized human being. No, I might empty the tray, but I'm not going to actually take the tray. I've taken the tray once. It was Crab Rangoon. I mean, Crab Rangoon might be worth it. I took the entire tray. I ate the entire tray. I don't regret anything. I regret nothing. Yeah, that sounds about right. That was the greatest New Year's ever. Until I started throwing up. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, that's that 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 sounds about right. About a hundred, you know, crab rangoons <laughs> from a buffet. Blah. Alcohol, not a good combination. No. Oh, with alcohol? Oh no. So, <laughs> Maggie is waltzing with Snowball too, and Laura's trying to teach the Simpson kids uh, how to do the waltz, and. Bart is infatuated with Laura. We see this like imagination of them dancing around. Very similar to the animation of Marge and Jacques dancing in season one. Oh, yeah. It has that like black and white kind of thing like going on. Black but with and white pinks? with like a pinkish hue. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even put that together. And then she gives him a wedgie in the imagination you know, version. And I also like that throughout the time of talking with Laura, Bart's voice keeps cracking. Oh, God. I love that. So funny. I'd be delighted. But I. Uh, meanwhile, Marge is asleep and Captain McAllister tries to kick Homer out, but Homer ain't having it. And so he tries his best to stay in. But the sign said all you can eat. <laughs> they drag him out. And Marge is a little embarrassed. And at home, she's asking Homer not to fight it. And Homer's going to. I. Uh, He's like, I'm like that Spanish guy with the windmills. And Marge is like, Don Quixote? And uh, Homer's like, no, the the man of La Mancha. And Marge's like, I'm pretty sure you're talking about Don Quixote. And Homer's like, I'm going to look it up. And then he lays in bed. And Marge is like, uh, yeah, so was it Don Quixote? He's like, ah, forget about it. Yeah, Homer was a real Don Quixote of Donkey Dookie right there. <laughs> yes, he was. Which, for the record, uh, the ingenious gentleman Don Quixote of La Mancha was uh, finished in 1615. It's a story about a uh, knight who reads too many romantic uh, kind of novels of chivalry and knightliness. And uh, he decides that he's a knight and goes parading around the countryside with his squire, a farmer named uh, uh, Sancho Panza. And, yeah, it's a classic novel. You only remember that because of Sancho Panda. That is true. <laughs> uh, I love that cartoon. There weren't that many made, though. Anywho, uh, over at uh, uh, the Quickie Mart, I think this is one of the few times we see uh, kids playing the arcade games at the Quickie Mart. And they're playing Death Row. Uh, and so she's like smacking the buttons, trying to get uh, out of the you know, way of the conservative judge, tries to plead insanity, change a venue, brings her to Texas, and the game's over. And uh, she takes off, and I love that Apu walks up. And this is another one of those moments of Apu being kind of a little more friendly with the yeah. Simpson family. And he's like, oh, you're really into this girl, right? And Bart's like, well, how did you know? And he's like, the ceiling mirrors and cameras see more than who's about to shoot me. <laughs> so good. Oh, Pooh, I miss you already. Ah, uh, yes. Don't worry. In the non-fan fiction seasons, he's here to stay. Yay! So over at the, uh, you know, uh, Troy McClure's office, I uh, can't believe it's not a, a law firm, uh, you know, Homer has tried to pitch his case to Lionel Hutz. And Lionel Hutz, voiced by Phil Hartman, as always, we have to bring that up, R.I.P. Phil, uh, he says, this is the most blatant case of fraudulent advertising since my, my suit against the film The NeverEnding Story. And he declares that Homer is a the greatest uh, hero in American history. Which is true. I mean, winning a lawsuit makes you the greatest American hero. Name a better one. Mm. Most 
people? Can't name one. See? What about Phil Hartman? Game set and match, Craig. Damn. Damn, Craig. <laughs> By the way, The NeverEnding Story is a film from 1984. It's a fantasy film. It's a classic. Delcor, the big flying dog thing. The dog dragon. Dog dragon, yep. Dog dragon. Doggone. Dog dragon. Doggone it. I used to call my dog a dog dragon. Wait, really? Yeah. She used to have like big white bushy eyebrows. Oh. Did you ride on? Ah, never mind. We're getting off topic. So the uh, uh, so this is kind of a weird moment, right? Bart goes to get advice from Grandpa. Well, I guess it's not that weird. He's done it before. He's done it before. He did it when he was getting bullied. And so he goes to Grandpa only to have some other old guy trying to Shanghai him. Yeah, it's the old Jewish guy. <laughs> He's like, ah, can your Grandpa do this? And he starts like dancing around, and then like, one of the dudes in like the white coats grabs him and takes him away. He's going to be the funniest character in this season. I'm telling you right now. He's going to come back and be hilarious. We'll see about that. And so Grandpa comes out. And apparently it's Abe's birthday, and he's like, you you remembered my birthday. And Bart's like, uh, yeah, here. And he hands him a bus schedule, and he's like, wow, fits right in my pocket. And Grandpa then tells a story about how, because, uh, you know, Bart's like, well, I'm, I'm in love with an older woman, which I do. Or have you ever been in, in love with an older woman? And Grandpa apparently was interested in the 120-year-old. Yeah, he was in love with the oldest woman. Uh, she He has a picture of her delivering UB Blake, which is a really weird, weird thing that they do here because they kind of whitewash UB Blake. He's a black jazz composer who was born in 1887. Yeah. And the picture that he shows clearly shows somebody who seemingly is white. Maybe she was just full of shit and Grandpa bought it. That could be. But apparently she fell in with the Guinness crowd and, uh, uh, you know, Abe Simpson just couldn't keep up. And even though he wore a 15-pound of uh, a fifteen pound beard of bees for that woman. And he has a picture of that, too. Poor Abe. Poor, poor Abe. Poor Abe Simpson, indeed. So, Bart finally... Finally, goes to advice uh, to his dad. And uh, Homer doesn't seem very interested as he grabs the paper and he's like, oh, hey, mostly Mozart's playing. And Marge is like, listen, Homer, like you need to have a frank discussion about, you know, you know what? And, in Homer, and, and then she's like, do you really want Bart to find out the way you found out? So we didn't bring this up earlier. Mm-hmm. This episode is written by the great Conan O'Brien. Indeed it is. This joke right here is a Conan O'Brien joke. Like, if, <laughs> if you had to pick the definition of a Conan O'Brien joke, it's this flash to Homer learning about sex. <laughs> yeah. Homer, do you want to le- him to learn how you found out? And it cuts to Homer at the zoo is like a, like a preteen. And he's like, zookeeper, zookeeper, those monkeys are killing each other. And the zookeeper whispers to him and he goes, oh. Yeah, the zookeeper whispers, and you can clearly hear him say, they're having sex. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we have, you know, know, Homer is going to, you know, practice the time-honored tradition of teaching his son about sex. And so he's sitting him down and, you know, on his lap, and, you know, he's like, "Uh, women are like a, a refrigerator. They're six foot tall. And they, uh, they, what is it? Six foot tall, 300 pounds. They make ice. And, <laughs> yeah. oh, wait a minute. Actually, a woman's more like a beer. They smell good. They look good. You'd step over your own mother to get one. But you can't stop at just one. You want to drink another woman. And then there's a bunch of beers on the table. Yeah, and Bart has an amazingly just annoyed expression on his face. So I says, yeah, if you want that money, come and find it. Because I don't know where it is, you baloney. You make me want a wretch. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God, I love I love Bart just staring. And it cuts to him in bed, lying, you know, trying to sleep. And he doesn't have a good answer yet. And he still has an annoyed expression. Uh, but there's a knock at the window. 
And Laura Powers has climbed up his tree fort to get to him and says to meet in the treehouse in like a few minutes and to come alone. And oh man, Bart's gonna get some. Bart gonna get laid. Bart's gonna get a handy J and a jet ski. Well, unfortunately. That's where this episode ends. Bart's gonna get some. Yeah, let's move on. Unfortunately for Bart, he meets in the treehouse. Laura's dressed great. Good in a dress, looks nice. And she wanted Bart to be the first to know. She has a boyfriend. And it immediately cuts to his imagination. And it's Laura, and she's like, you won't be needing this. It just rips into his chest, pulls out his heart, and kicks it across the treehouse into a garbage can. Love the animation. I'm impressed that in his imagination, he's got a garbage can in that treehouse. Oh, yeah. Good on Bart for being tiny. Mm. And Bart finds out that Jimbo Jones is who she's dating. Who? Uh, Jimbo Jones, one of the bullies. And Bart remembers his earliest moments with Jimbo Jones being given a swirly when he was, I don't know, maybe in the first or second grade or something like that. And we have uh, in the uh, the flashback, Skinner is outside the bathroom, and he's like, "You've been flushing for twenty minutes. Is everything all right?" And Jimbo's like, "Uh, yes, Principal Skinner." And he's sitting there with like Principal, what was Modern it? Principal Magazine? Modern Principal Magazine. Thank you. And I, uh, you know, somehow the thing that charmed Laura is that not that he killed a man. But then he found a dead body and poked it with a stick. I have always wanted to poke a dead body with a stick. I'm not even going to lie. Sean, I'm going to level I with you. I was this close. I'm holding my fingers very close together for our listeners to finding a body in the woods. I was so close. Sean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level with you. Yeah, It's not as fun as you might think. It loses its luster very fast. I was so close. Not even kidding. That is a true story that I almost found a dead body. That's traumatizing. I was an adult. Oh, well, that's still uncomfortable. Me and my girlfriend used to go and um, have picnics at this one spot in the park. Mm-hmm. One day we were going to go and we're like, no, nah, we're too lazy. We're just going to lay around and watch movies. They found a body in that spot. You know, I actually, was it more recent? It was, it was a couple like years ago? a few years ago. Like we were back at our old grocery store job when it happened. Okay, then I don't. Then it's because uh, there, for some reason, there is a big park uh, in the Detroit area where bodies tend to show up. No, I, I know the one you're talking about more recently because yeah. that, that's like a whole weird thing. With friend of a friend technically was because one of our friends was friends with that person. Uh, well, actually, two friends because my girlfriend is actually she was friends with the sister of the person who was murdered. Really? Yeah. Small depressing world i mean they went to the same high school so i mean it's not that small (laughs) fair enough but still depressing oh yeah the world's always depressing it's always been and always will be depressing that is true i almost found a body i almost that's enough out of you i would have been such a bad boy (laughs) god (laughs) we've had so many girls after me so jimbo pulls up on his little like i don't know like a little dirt bike basically and he's like, hey, Laura, Dr. Tongue is here. What a douche. What, what a, a fucking douche. douche. He is a Don Quixote of Donkey Dookie. <laughs> that is so true. He is the Punky Brewster of Monkey's Funky. <laughs> that is just <laughs> beyond true. Oh, God, Jimbo Jones, I hate you. <sighs> Civil and Alley references, deep cuts. Uh, I think the only person listening to the show who got those jokes is Xander from Legend of Retro. Uh-huh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> can, can we do a Sifflin Alley podcast? Don't get our listeners' hopes up. The one. <laughs> the one who would be on the show. Don't get Xander's hopes up. <laughs> so I love that for some reason Jimbo is like, who's the kid? And it's like. Okay, Jimbo, even if you didn't remember him from bullying him at school, you spent some time hanging out with Bart. The telltale head. Yeah. That's, yeah, weird. So Bart's like, you know, like, oh, man, he's like, I, you know, I need to, like, you know, grow up and, you know, be an adult, blah, blah, blah. And then we hear Marge yell, and she's like, Bart, I've laid out your jammy jams for bed. And, yeah, that brings him right down to earth. And so... At the dinner table, 
uh, while the the family's eating and Bart's just sort of picking at his food, uh, he asks his dad. He's like, you know, he's like, Dad, you know what? I don't remember his exact line. It's something of the effect of like, you know, what should you do if the girl you like is into some clot or something that's beneath her? And Homer makes the reference that he's the basically the clod that you know married Marge. But arguably, he's at least above Arnie Ziff. Artie Ziff, because, you know, Homer's not a rapist. Yeah, Homer's not a rapist. That's the biggest uh, thing we can take away. And so, you know, when, when, you know, Homer hugs Marge and it's a cute scene, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And so Laura's watching uh, the, you know, the the kids, uh, Bart and Lisa and Maggie, while uh, Homer and Marge uh, go to deal with their trumped up lawsuit, which is interesting that the scenes at the house take place at night. When any court case would be like morning to like mid morning, not much later than early afternoon. Courts don't tend to operate too late into the afternoon. No, not typically, unless the case is running long and they usually cut out at 7 p.m. Yeah, and that's like the latest for sure. I. And so Bart kind of criticizes Laura, and he's like, I don't understand what you see in him. He's just a good-looking rebel who plays by his own rules. And immediately Laura and Lisa are both like, ah. Which, I mean. That's how I got every girl in my life, so don't tell me that's not the way it works. Rebel? You don't think I'm a rebel? I mean, you're good-looking. I'll grant you that. I don't, consider, I don't consider you a rebel. I am a rebel without a Cosby. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, are, you are attractive, and that is it. It <laughs> is skin deep with you, Sean. I, I am as rebellious <laughs> as they come. So, I'm the kind of person, that when somebody says, what are you fighting against? I say, what have you got? I don't know that you've ever said that. Just it. So... <laughs> <laughs> So at the the court case, we have the captain painting the scene, and he's like, "It was a moonless night, or a misty moonless night, and a beast, and the beast arrived. It was more stomach than man." And Homer's like, "Hey!" And I uh, this court case is going really bad for Homer, from what the looks of it are. Yeah, off the bat, it doesn't seem great. Uh, but it's funny because we have like you know uh, Lionel Hutz's like defense against the captain is like Ca- Captain McAllister. He might not even use his name. He's like, isn't it true? No, he calls him Captain McAllister. Oh, does he? Cool, cool. He's like, isn't it true that you're not a real captain? And everyone gasps. He's like, I. It's true. He's no further questions. And the the opponents or the the rival lawyer, which I don't even know if we've ever had a name for. We have never had a name for the Burns lawyer. Yeah, the blue haired lawyer who typically works for Burns, but clearly takes other cases. I uh, has you know, he's like you know to show you how much like shrimp Mister Simpson ate. He's like I'd like to sh- like show you an example or whatever. He's like bring it in, boys, and all these guys with giant bags come in and go to drop something on the judges like you know i uh, i uh, bench or whatever and they're like eighteen thousand letters all addressed to santa claus and the lawyer's like you want uh uh or uh, the people of springfield versus chris K- uh, kringle uh which this is a reference to miracle on 34th street correct i thought so that it's is a- the courtroom scene in miracle on 34th street it has been a million years since i've seen that movie it's a good movie it, the original, not the 90s remake or uh, whatever yeah. year the remake was. The, the, yeah, the remake I remember being kind of eh. Uh, but it is like one of those classic movies I that actually, you feel good when you watch. I actually, because it's live action, I don't usually go out of my way for it. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm Christmas time I watch Christmas cartoons. I don't even usually watch, uh, uh, what is it, A Christmas Story. Uh, See, I don't, I'm not a big fan of A Christmas Story. Oh, I love the movie, but it's just, I don't really go out of my way for it, but I've also seen it a million times. But It's a Wonderful Life is one you can always go to with Jimmy Stewart. I, I don't know about oh, that, Sean. I don't Sean. know about that. I want to live again, Craig. I want to live again. I, I know that uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life is, is uh, you know, has a, not only a great message, it is a very good film, but it's not The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. With Jim Carrey? You bite your tongue and die. Oh, oh, you like the one with uh, Benedict, right? Die. No, please, die. Oh, okay. I would greatly appreciate it. (laughs) No, I'm with you. I typically watch animated Christmas things for Mm -hmm. Christmas. 
Uh, one of my go-tos is actually when the Smurfs fight Satan. Ah, yes. Or the Pac-Man Christmas. I prefer Smurfs fighting Satan. But the Pac-Man Christmas is so good. Eh. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was okay. I, I think we can agree. Peace on Earth is what you need to go to. Yeah, that's true. Oh, wait. This isn't a Christmas episode. What are we doing? <laughs> We're just babbing about Christmas episodes. So, the lawyer, you know, explains you know, later. And he's like, isn't it true that I... Uh, yeah, he says something in effect of like, isn't it true that your husband ate 10 pounds of flour when there's no other food around? And yeah, Homer did. <laughs> and at the same time, a pizza delivery guy comes into the courtroom. I... Uh, Marge then laments her her issues with, you know, the, the whole event. And, uh, you know, we find out that the jury is a little on the husky side. A little bit. And they kind of start feeling for Homer at this scene. Kind of a, just a throwaway fat joke in there, the, the, you know, that they all emphasize with him. But the captain has a bit of a deal to make with Homer. And thus, bottomless Pete... Has Nature's been... cruelest mistake. <laughs> Heard they shaved a gorilla. Uh, and yeah, so Homer basically gets to eat all he wants, but he gets to be a freak sideshow and draw in customers. Uh, over at the... Which I guess that's the reason why this takes place at night, because the uh, Homer and Marge end up going to the seafood restaurant again, again. that night. And so Laura is watching, you know, Bart and Lisa, but they went to bed, you know, and Maggie. Uh, Bart's kind of creeping around watching him, though, and Jimbo's like, my shirt's chafing me. Jimbo. Such a douche. Oh, no, my pants are chafing me. Yeah, Bart ain't having it. And so... Bart gets evil. Yeah, he does. This is a fun one. So... Uh, we cut over to uh, Ruth Powers, who's at Moe's Tavern. And I love that we saw the coupon earlier in the episode to kind of tie this all in together. Yeah. And uh, she's like, this is Moe's Tavern, right? Like, give me my beer. And he's like, no, this is Bo's Cavern. And she's like, give me my beer. And he's like, stupid welcoming committee kind of ruined my business. And so there's a phone call. And it's for Amanda Hug and Kiss, which... You know, clearly isn't that funny of a joke. However, I will say I appreciate that Barney yells out, like, maybe your standards are too high. <laughs> uh, Mo then says that, and this is another one of the real violent ones, that he's going to sh uh, shove sausage down their throat and stick starving dogs up their butt. <laughs> right up the butt. Right up the butt. And so... You know, it, it, Mo says that that's if he'll find, you know, who this is. And then Bart says, my name is Jimbo Jones at 1094 Evergreen Terrace. And Mo says, you just made your first mistake. Grabs a rusty and dull knife, tells uh, Barney not to steal any beer, who then sucks beer out of an ashtray. We've all been oh. there. Oh, oh, oh. God, we, we've all been there. Oh, it's so gross. You need a little more beer, you're out of it, so you just do what you can. Oh. Sweet, precious liquor. Eases the pain. <laughs> and so, back over at the Simpson estate, where Jimbo Jones is, he's like, now my pants are chafing me. <sighs> what a turbo dude. I've used that line on my girlfriend before. Yeah, but ironically. <laughs> ironically, yes. So... The door kicks in. Mo Sislak is there with a, a a rusty knife, and he's like, he's like, he's like, who? Which one of you is Jimbo Jones? And Jimbo's like, oh, I am. And he's like, you just made your second mistake. And Jimbo starts to cry and plead for his life. And here's a little kind of okay. So yeah, Jimbo's a douche for sure. But here's the thing. If I was making out with a girl and the door kicked in and some guy was like, which one of you is Craig WK? And I was like, uh, I am. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. I'd probably start crying and pleading for my life, too. I swear to God, I'm going to make a copy of the key to your apartment. Next time you have a girl over, I'm just going to kick open the door with a knife. <laughs> it's 
So that turns out she's a freaking gun nut. She shoots me down, and you're like, no, no, it, it was, was just a gag. It was just it was a gag from my podcast. It was just a Simpsons <laughs> reference. Yeah, try try not to get shot, Sean. It would it would mean the world to me if you didn't get murdered. And that's the nicest thing I'll ever say about Aww. you. And it's only downhill from here. And so, uh, you know, Mo says, he's like, I wasn't really going to kill you, kid. I was just going to cut you up. And he decides that he's going to leave because, you know, Barney's, you know, he probably doesn't want to leave Barney alone for long. And it cuts to Barney and such an amazing line. It's him sucking beer out of the tap with his like back on the bar. And he's like, oh, my heart just stopped. Ah, there it goes. Then he continues to suck beer. Yeah, that's just not healthy. No. <laughs> so, uh, Jimbo at the front door is crying. He's like, can I have my shirt back? And Laura's like, yeah, I think we're done here. And I get that she thought he was a badass and disillusioned her, but clearly she didn't have that strong of feelings for Jimbo Jones if it was only the fact that he was a rebel that kept her with him hey we're gonna talk about this later but i have a thing for bad girls so i understand we'll talk about that when bart gets another girl in his life all right fair enough fair enough and so bart says as usual a knife wielding maniac has shown us the way and laura says that if bart could grow a bad teenage mustache she'd date him in a heartbeat and i we have kind of a, a neat moment where uh, Bart finally gets to show Laura how to be somebody who's, you know, a trickster, plays yeah. pranks and stuff. As he then explains to ask for Ivana Tinkle at Moe's Tavern. And across the bar, we have Homer hanging out with Captain McAllister, getting along. And uh, as Moe freaks out, we have Laura and Bart laughing maniacally. And that's the end of the episode. Presumably, in fact, we know from a later episode, Laura still lives next door. But she never speaks again. No? Well, she was a guest, uh, was a guest star voice, right? Uh, yeah, she was. Uh, who was it again? Isn't it, was... it like Liv, Liz, uh, Liv Taylor or something like that? No, she was um, Sarah Gilbert. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Uh, Liz Taylor's a, uh, uh, another... Uh, Episode coming up? Previous episode? I believe so. I think she's in Lisa's first words. Wasn't she Maggie's baby voice? Oh, yeah, I think you might be right. I think you might be right. Yeah, I, I, a lot of the guest stars, I usually blank on their names. I'm pretty bad about that. But, uh, Sean, what uh, would you say is the lasting impact of this episode? We got Bart falling for a girl, which is something that's always gold. Well, yeah, here's the thing. Bart so far has never fallen in love. This is his first love, right? Yeah, this is his first love on the show. And it won't be the last. He will eventually fall in love again. Uh, as far as that goes, uh, you know, Bart's going to uh, fall in love and we'll get another pretty solid episode out of it. This one is, you and I talked a little bit about it before even recording. This episode is kind of a tame episode, but has some really, really funny it's moments. B story is the best part of the episode. It is. And it's, it's a story is funny. There's funny, funny moments, but there's not a ton of quotable moments. No, it's kind of heartbreaking too, with her oh, sure. falling for a girl and her ripping her heart. I think everybody can go for that. Oh no, absolutely. There, there's nobody in this world that hasn't experienced some kind of heartache, you know, for sure. And so, yeah, no, this is, this is kind of a prime example of an episode where, yeah, you know, you unfortunately have Bart falling in love and it doesn't work out. Uh, but, uh, Sean, what would you say is your favorite quote of the episode? So it's in the trial. Mm -hmm. Lionel Hutz in the trial, which is how he convinces the jury basically to vote for Homer. Uh-huh. Mrs. Simpson, what did you and your husband do after you were ejected from the restaurant? We pretty much went straight home. Mrs. Simpson, you're under oath. We drove around until 3 a.m. looking for another all-you-can-eat fish restaurant. <gasps> and when you couldn't find one, we went fishing. With a large fat jury, all gasps. That could have been me. 
That's amazing. I love that. Mine is, uh, normally my favorite quotes are Lionel Hutt's lines, but I actually have another favorite line. It's Captain McAllister and his like crew talking about Homer eating so much. And one of the, the nerdy little, like, you know, uh, waiters is like, that man ate all our shrimp and two plastic lobsters. Tis no man. Tis a remorseless eating machine. Arr.